Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, you know that sound. It is the unfiltered band. It means another episode of Unfiltered coming your way. Episode 99, which was a year that ended with me breaking a television when Kenny Rogers walked Andrew Jones. As I've told the story many times, and I often reference, and I, I had an interview with him, and we chatted about it on this program. First time I met my longtime good friend, Jim Duquette, and we worked together. I made him sit down at a steakhouse with me and uh, air out all the grievances I had with him as a GM. And the first thing I made him explain to me is why the hell Octavia Dotel wasn't in that game. So episode 99, fitting, unfiltered, away we go. If you're listening, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast, good to have you on board. Obviously, you could follow the video along the way. Jump in at Casey Stern to the Unfiltered Revolution and inside the bio on Twitter, you can get the YouTube channel. You also get the YouTube channel of which certainly many more subscribers. So feel free. Come on board uh, for my next guest, the host of Believe in Queens, who we are here, of course, on the Believe Network as well at B-L-E-A-V. My buddy Tyler Ward. You can get him at Wardy NYM, both on Twitter as well as on his YouTube channel. Tyler, how are you, buddy? I could be better, Casey. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. Dude, I don't even know. I saw your so I saw your thing in, in the car, your post game, right? So can yeah. I ask, was was your was is that girlfriend driving or, or no, it was my brother. Your my brother. brother. And okay. he was just as fed up as I was. Okay, because yeah. somebody stayed so quiet. Yeah. Like during that entire thing. Like yeah. I would just be grunting. You gotta give give them a lot of credit. So and oh, they drove I, you around. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we were stuck in you know, naturally we leave. And we beat a good rush of Mets fans as we exit. And somehow, some way, Mets fans figure out that the exit that we're trying to go to is blocked off, barricaded. So we were stuck in the lot until one of the last ones for over an hour, just in standstill. So, you know, not not like this the absolute whipping of a defeat was bad enough. Then you're staying there for a solid hour in the parking lot. So yeah, what 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 a blast! Yes. Well, and, and let me go further. Let, let me give you more credit though, and go further because it, it, of why yeah, Tyler's my Mets correspondent, which may for this season last a day if they go home tomorrow. But I, I want to explain: this is not you're getting on the Grand Central to go where I grew up and lived my most of my life on <laughs> Long Island. Where were you driving to when you got out of that traffic in the parking lot? Pennsylvania. Where do you live? Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, I'm two and a half hours. That is insanity. Yeah. That is insane. So it yep. took you like four hours after watching that misery for three hours. Yep. Oh, my God. With that, by the way, um, you want to talk about uh, Tyler's gamble didn't work out yesterday, but yours can. We are, as always, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Football is back. Bet Online remains your number one source. All the football betting needs this season. Odds, matchup info, player news, game trends. Your continued source for all the sports wagering info. Bet Online's got live betting, free contests, live scores, giveaways all season long. The fastest and easiest way to bet your favorite sports and events MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Get over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Join and get your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure to use the promo code it is believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts and let's start here said something in your pod yesterday uh in your youtube video which i, I think is kind of where i was the most exciting thing that happened yesterday were the introductions um the game starts and everything is great we know what happens with Max. I want to start there and we'll get a lot into yesterday before we get into what we could expect today and and i want to close this with honestly, so I'm preparing you, honestly, whether we think we're, they're going to win tonight. And I will give you my answer, and I want yours. Uh, not what we want, 
not what we're going to just say to people who are going to give us shit on Twitter that are Braves fan, but honestly, whether or not we've gotten to the point where we don't, we don't trust the team either. All right. So we'll get into that. Max Scherzer. A, do you think he's hurt? B, does it matter to you if he is? I don't think he's hurt to the extent where that was the sole reason and to him giving up the four home runs, the seven earned runs, and only not even five innings. I think Max is a little fatigued right now. I think that's coming with his age. And I think that's something, you know, where you saw last year with the Dodgers and how much of an issue would that be, the quote-unquote dead arm heading into down the stretch this year. And biggest concern with Max isn't only necessarily the health, but it really is, again, his age because he was, you know, pounding. He was going nuts to start the year. He was shoving in spring training. And you could tell that it wouldn't be outlandish to have the notion that him being as much of a hardo as he was, especially earlier in the year, maybe coming back to bite him now down the stretch here. Um, it's crazy to say because, again, you look at Max's numbers, he had his best year of his career from an ERA perspective. Yes, he missed a good amount of games due to his oblique injury, but still, when the guy was out there, he was nails. So now you're telling me the two biggest starts you have all year as a New York Met, you're anything but nails. It's it's really disheartening. I don't I do not believe that there's an injury to the extent that is the reason why he performed the way he did. I think that could be a factor, but I think it comes down with fatigue and also just simply him not locating the way that he was supposed to locate. I think he's look, I think it's a little both. I, I think I think he's he's not himself, right? So that's yeah. clear. Whether or not he's injured, it's fatigue or it's bold. I don't think he ever recovered from the oblique. I think the report that was out there in the Sunday night game during that Brave series that Buster had that Max said he's just trying to grit and bear it and reset. That was clear that that kind of like snuck out a little bit from Max and he's not right. And I don't think he was doing it as an excuse. He's just being honest. This is a guy who wants to be out there. I felt for him because I don't I don't see look. I have lived through, as of you already, many guys who claim to be big-time players, and they're just not. They're not up mm -hmm. for it. They're not game for it. Max is not in that category. He's not afraid of the moment. He embraces it. This is not a guy who's scared. This is a guy with a Hall of Fame pedigree as a dude. Because of that, he's going to get on himself and hate himself today and tomorrow, yep. and if they're done, more than any of us could ever do. I think we all understand that, right? He's not, he not cowering under it. But you can't give the excuse of being hurt because you're out there. Because he took himself out when he was not right in what was it? A, was it a fifth inning, a sixth inning of the initial game, right with the oblique? When he said, "Okay, like I'm, I can't, I don't want to re-injure it." Right? He took himself out. He could have taken himself out of this start. He could have said, "This is a great idea with Degrom and what you're doing, but I can't go yet, and I need to rest." If you're out there, you that are out there to get worn out, and he should get worn out. That's the worst start in a big game by a Met pitcher since Tom Glavin allowed seven runs in the quietest I've ever heard a press box in the game that they collapsed in 2007. The worst start by a Met pitcher in a big spot since that time, 14 years prior, 15. That bad. <sighs> yeah, I also saw a stat, too. I'm forgetting on the pitcher, but um, this was in shades of comparison to a pitcher back in, I believe, 1939 for being like an ace-level starter and then giving up these like that is exact stat line. It's absurd. I mean, I, I was saying going into this game that I had a little bit more faith in Max and I even did Jake for game one as bizarre as that is to say, but again, it's not bizarre. It's not, he had, he has a championship pedigree. He's done this how many times already you trust a guy with experience like him, regardless on his true health status to give you at least six innings of, you know, close run ball to just keep the Mets in it. And 
the bigger issue, and I want to know if you agree or disagree with this, Casey, is when you see him get shelled the way he did early, the Mets for a good portion of the second half now, now entering postseason, are just not the same team in combating that adversity. If they give up those early runs in the first, the second, the third, and they themselves are not in the lead, nine out of ten times they're going to falter because we aren't going to be facing the Phillies every game where you can have these miracle comebacks. Eduardo Escobar can't carry you every game like he did with the five RBIs against Miami, so on and so forth. So point being is that as soon as Bell hit that oppo home run, I was not feeling good as a fan. That's just right. Because I'm like, you feel like all... you're down two touchdowns with a team that only runs the ball. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You hit it. You hit the nail on the head there. Yep. Right. And, and I've had that feeling mm-hmm. where you're that methodical team. And it's like, you know, and you're playing like Kurt Warner's like best show inter- or offense. And they go up and down. It's 14 nothing. The first quarter, you feel like the game's over. Like it'll take us three quarters just to get that amount. And I know that feeling that that to me is and, and I want to I want to I'll go here and then I want to go back to, to the pitching for a second. But, but let's go here. Frankie Lindor's had a great year. All right. And that's not a backpat. He's had a great year. Pete Alonso's had a great year, not a backpat. But I would say the following. And I'm I'm taking the at the at bats I've seen, not just what the numbers say. But you and I have watched, we lived and died with this team. We watch every A B for months now against top flight pitching or even above average pitching. All right. The at bats in the lineup that I know are going to give you a good at bat, right? Jeff McNeil's number one for sure. Even yesterday, hit the ball hard a couple of times, hit it the other way hard, lined out to left field. You just know he was he was in the Jeff McNeil mode, didn't land. Correct. Eduardo Escobar, for sure. Even with Canna's struggles, and you saw it yesterday in the at-bat he had with Darvish, yeah. he gives you a competitive at-bat and Brandon Nimmo. Those are the guys that, on the other side of the list, I'm going to say 90% of the time against good pitching, not the A's, not some dude that the Nationals threw in there, right? Not jo- Josiah Gray who's giving up home runs left and right. The at-bats 90% of the time from Lindor and Alonzo for the last two months plus have been bad, nearly atrocious in both cases. And to me, as much if not more so than Max and DeGrom, Met fans want to get on somebody if they lose, and I love them both, and I love Pete. I love him. But that I.B. yesterday was a scared at-bat where he took that cutter over the plate. He's overthinking himself. He's not confident. Lindor and Alonzo have not been nearly good enough. Their at-bats have not been good enough, not just the performance, Tyler. Are you in with that or not? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, you look at their stat lines on the year. You would never say that, you know, when they both have over 100 RBIs apiece. Both of them MVP caliber players from the regular season, right? But what we have noticed, especially the past month, you know, we saw Alonzo get on his tear with the home run streak, which was great. You know, that's awesome for him to find his swing. But from a consistent at-bat level, these guys have not looked nearly as locked in as they were in the first half. And it's really concerning because this team will go nowhere without any of them. Um, let alone even not having Pete or Orlandor because they ride off these guys so bad to get those big hits because you have McNeil, you have Canna, you have Nimmo, you have Marte now back. Who oh, again, yeah, Marte, great. sure. Yes. Who look phenomenal even when he's still dealing with pain right now. All these guys are place setters for you. So you need the guys to be the big boppers to bring them in. That's what Lindor and Alonso have all year. So when you see Lindor, you know, getting absolutely buckled on a curveball, and constantly. then you see you constantly. constantly, yes, hundred since he's arrived as a New York Met, constantly he, breaking balls have been 
been his biggest bugaboo. It's not even close. There, I, I'm sure the numbers back into if you look through in on the feet lot. on the dirt, the backdoor slider. It's the ah. same pitch every time. He he flails away and drops the knee, and it's like it's 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 it's, it's not competitive. No, and then Alonzo again. How do you, how do you, how do you not even swing there? No, you can't take that pitch, man. You just. On. Yeah, I don't care if you're looking for the splitter or not. So you were at the game. David Cohn was talking about this in the broadcast, and he's right that Darvish usually will go to split in that spot, right? Yeah. So Alonzo thought that would drop under the zone. But that mentality in that at-bat for him was, I'm taking a pitch to get to the next one, not I'm here to crush and own and eat you. And that's what you need. And go back to the home run streak. Who are the hitters, the pitchers he threw, he did it off of? Look at the teams that he did it off of. When he has faced top flight pitching, and I'm talking about not over the whole year, but in the last six to eight weeks, and the Atlanta series is certainly part of that. But even on bad teams, when we've seen the good pitchers against him, Pete's had a hard time. They, yeah. they have they have eaten him. And, and Lindor has more three-pitch ABs that look like horse shit. Like, it's a, I can't even understand. And I love the guy, what he's done. But to me, you're right on Marte, Nimmo, Canna, and you think about Escobar, you don't have enough slug in your lineup to not have those two guys carry you. They can't win game two in this series. And, and it's right. I mean, look, we, we don't know. Jake's we're going to talk about Jake. You got a pitch. Great. But if Lindor or Alonzo don't drive in the runs or hit one deep or get Snell, I don't think they can win a game. Yeah. And here's the thing. You look at the Padres in game one, who got their home runs. Oh, Manny Machado makes sense. Josh Bell, to lesser degree, still makes Against sense. Against the Mets, makes sense. Jerickson Profar, Trent Grisham, who all that man has done all year long, has been booed by Padres fans. Brutal. Endlessly. He's a slug he's a, under 200. He's a, he's the last a couple of singles machine. That's literally That's right. all the guy is. That's so right. the point I'm trying to make is, if you're, if you're giving up bombs to these guys, it shows you that Padres, not even their best boppers, are still making something happen. Regardless on the fact of how much home run power or lack there of the Mets have that we've complained about since the trade at a line before that, it doesn't matter right now. What matters is that these guys still need to step up. Yeah, you might not be known for the home run ball, but at least rip a double. Have a competitive at-bat. We saw so much lackadaisical at-bats from this team in game one. And again, when they're down, not, not only 2 nothing, 3 nothing. I mean, when it was 6 nothing plus, I mean, you're just throwing in the towel because there, except for the can at bat. That's why it stood out to me. They were down yeah. like seven, nothing. I think it was before Escobar's Homer. Yep. And he had like an 11 pitch at bat. And it's like, you know what? That's to me. I'm curious if you're the same way that stands out to me. It's like, that's okay, what gri- that's, that's what, what I want out of the game. You know, that's what I want. Like, I want that. I want to see you battle your ass off. And those are the ABs Lindor, ha- Lindor has not had. I specifically in that brave series, I thought Lindor was the was the worst in the whole lineup in terms of just how non-competitive he was. I want to hit one or two more things from yesterday and get ahead to game two before we get to what what this will mean if it doesn't occur the way we want it to go tonight, game two. Let's be fair about a couple of things. Number one, you're right on Marte. Number two, Eduardo Escobar. I mean, you know, he's not buying a drink in New York anytime soon no. because the, the the guy's personality, how much he loves being a Met, how much he loves his teammates, how much he he put an onus on himself to do it, and he's been brilliant. And from the left side, not even his better side, he's hitting well, hitting ball the other way. And then the two things that, look, they don't matter if they lose tonight and go home, but they could. And you don't look at it this way because it's game one that was a shit show. David Peterson looked terrific, and I don't know what Trevor May's eating for breakfast, but in the Braves game that they went home in that series where he's in after three innings from Bassett, 
That was the best outing he had as a Met. He got an inherited runner on second base. I think he was got out of an inning and then had a one, two, three. And yesterday he pitched as well. Back in the series, the idea that Trevor May now seems way more viable than he was even a week and a half ago. And David Peterson, first one out of the way, just for a minute or two, let's be fair, hoping and dreaming. Those are two important things. One right, one left, I thought that happened yesterday, if you're Buck moving forward. Yeah, the only the only positive takeaway from yesterday's game, you know, other than Eduardo, Marte, Nimmo with the triple, which was a nice seat, um, really was the bullpen. And the the unfortunate thing, and I've said this all year long, I think what how the bullpen performed yesterday is, is the definition of Trevor Williams, for example, where the man doesn't get nearly enough credit he deserves, was a bulldog for the Mets all year long, eight innings whenever needed, and so many of his brilliant outings, unfortunately, are when he's eating garbage time. So naturally, fans aren't going to appreciate or realize that as much. That was the case for the Mets bullpen yesterday as well. Awesome to see the bullpen be nails. We need that. You know, they do anything. You know, best case scenario, if they somehow, some way get out of this uh, series alive, they're going to need these guys to step up, and they have. So that's great. And it's crazy to say how one of our biggest concerns for a good portion this year is said bullpen, and now said bullpen is the least of our issues. I mean, that's baseball. It also, <laughs> it also tell her, I was going to say, how much did things change? And this is how baseball is. You probably, you tell me, three, four weeks ago, you're sitting there before we saw, and look, I like Tyler McGill. This is not about him moving forward or him as a starter. But when I saw him the last time we saw him in that, that Brave series, that was it for me. He's not in there except, or on this roster for me, except for to be Trevor Williams in this series if they need him. That's the only role he plays. But how ironic is it three, four weeks ago, we would have said, okay, how are we getting to Diaz, right? Not Avino. It's gonna be it's gonna be Tyler McGill. Ironically, Trevor May has probably worked himself back into that spot. Yeah. The way he's pitched the last couple outings, I mean that's that's changed extremely quickly. But he's looked more like the guy who was on the Twins the last couple of times. And for Peterson, that was great. Now let's move on to Game Two. I want to start with the Degrom thing and ask you this: Why do you think, and what do you think went behind the decision to to stop him in Game One? to play this whole, if Scherzer wins, we go Bassett and then go to Grom or hold him. Do you think it was more about trying to hold him so game one and five for the Dodgers? Or are you on my team, which has been trying to tell anybody that listens, hey, he got a blister. They're trying to rest the blister. If they could wait that thing out another few days before the Dodgers series, they wanted to do that. This guy hasn't looked like himself. He had to come out after 86 pitches. And I think they tried to get him an extra couple of days. And I'm worried about not getting a full DeGrom tonight because I don't know if the blister is necessarily ready. Do you have the same fears I do? You think it was more about trying to manage the Dodgers series than anything else? I think it's I think it's a perfect combination of both, to be quite honest with you. Because, you know, Jake said how, yes, the blister popped during his start with Atlanta. But he said, you know, physically he felt great. That was the more frustrating part. He said, like, his mechanics weren't off or anything. Um, you ha- you know it's factoring in, even if, even if it's to a lesser degree, because just that blister alone could be the reason why Jake maybe hung that one slider. And when you're only having those three, four mistakes in a game, when you're facing playoff caliber opponents, they're always going to make you pay. So that that's the crazy thing. Jake can come out tonight, you know, hypothetically have a great start, but if he just gives up, you know, three earned runs, that might be it. Like that he truly- did for three years running, right? Yeah, I mean, didn't ex- we feel exactly. Like, right? Yep. Yep. That that's that's the unfortunate thing. So 
Yeah, to, uh, to your point, though, I do believe the blister is a factor. I think Buck, yeah, absolutely try to get him as healed up as possible. Um, and two, I also think that Buck is looking ahead, and this is the risk in doing so again um, with Max being shown in game one because if Jake pitched game one, say he's nails, the Mets get the momentum for game one, you know, no one's going to complain. But God forbid if the Mets drop this game and their season's over, there's going to be a lot of heads turn on Buck, be like, why didn't we go with our best overall pitcher in game one? Why didn't we do that? And again, Buck's thought process isn't always isn't only his health, but it's also thinking ahead to the NLDS. And that is a dangerous game. I mean, when I was talking, I believe in Queens, our, um, our wildcard preview a couple of days ago, Wrecker was not at all a fan of Buck's thought process behind, you know, I'm only going to start Jake in an elimination game, whether that's game two or three. Um, you got to make a statement. You got to put your best foot forward. And that is Jake, especially in Rex's mind. Um, so not even seeing him pitch game one was, you know, a little concerning for him. And now we see the results. So, yeah, I, a couple of things there. One, I think that's why to me, it's got to be tied to the blister and people aren't paying enough attention to that because the, the only way to clear that is to rest it and not use it. Right. So that that's fair. The other part is, it's Max Scherzer. It's a Hall of Famer. So if they lose yeah. this, it's going to be because they can't hit. It's mm -hmm. going to be because, you know, they, they got swept by the Cubs. When they got to play Atlanta, they lost six of the last seven they faced there. And everything that happened over a month span. It's not going to be about you, know, you and I know that in, in terms of picking Jake. Want to step outside of this series just on Jake to follow, and then we'll kind of dig back in here to game two. Do you feel confident and how confident that Jacob DeGrom will be a Met next year? Do you look at this as, hey, look, if they lose this series, this is the last time I'm seeing DeGrom in a Met uniform, realistically? See, I'm one of those fans, and maybe I'm wrong for saying this, but I don't know how much, if at all, the Mets performing or not performing for Jake in, in this playoff start will impact his decision-making. Because I've always been under the impression that as long as Jake wants to return, he will be here because you remember his last contract with the Wolpons. Yes, it was a big contract, you know, 130 plus million or to north of 150, whichever, whatever it was. But that was still a pay cut on Jake's terms for starting to enter his prime there with the Mets. Now, if he's willing to take that type of deal with the Wolpons regime, yeah, now. with the Mets team that had zero <laughs> future, <laughs> why in God's name would he not take a new deal where he'd presumably become the highest paid pitcher in yeah. baseball? You know, Max is the minimum at 40 mil. So he would probably start around 45 to 50 mil a year for how, however many years. Why would he not want to return? And if he doesn't return, it's not going to be because of really the Mets, in my opinion. Uh, I shouldn't say that. It's not going to be because of a monetary thing. Steve Cohn will shell out everything he needs to do. Yes. I think it'll just be a preference as to not wanting to personally be in New York anymore. And as scary as it is to say, again, he did grow up a Braves fan. So if he wants to be down back in that area, you can understand it, but it would be the biggest, you know, villain arc imaginable. So let's uh, pray I, to God that doesn't happen. I, I will tell you this. I don't think because of the Braves need to bring Dak Danzy Sponson, even with all the money that they've saved. And I think we all know, by the way, I wish I was wrong the last time you and I chatted about Dansby Swanson. But yeah, boy, was I ever too. correct. <laughs> boy, was I ever correct. 
Um, that dude's getting paid. I don't think DeGrom, they will have the money because it'll be exorbitant to pay him. I think, to me, Houston and the Texas Rangers are the two places for me that both have a lot of money. The Astros have a lot of pitching pedigree. Um, the guy who could be their next Verlander, all those other things, they're, they're scary for me in the mix. I yep. think he's gone. Um, that's just okay. my own. This is my own take. In talking to people around the team, and you can kind of sense this yourself, even as a fan, forget about covering it. There's a feeling that people even around the team have that it's not that important for him to be a Met. And that doesn't mean he doesn't enjoy it. Doesn't mean he doesn't want to win. It doesn't mean he won't shove tonight. But that feeling I explained with Escobar that you just see, it's like oozing out of him. Bartolo Colon, who like, what did we love about him? He just wanted to be a Met. He loved being a Met, right? Starling Marte, you could tell he's eating all this up, right? I mean, everything, every, every pro game, pre everything. You just know, you don't feel that out of DeGrom at all. You, you don't ever hear him speak that way about New York or about the fan base. It's not, I'm not saying it's not important to him at all, but to your point, I don't think it's that important to him. I think to him, if he gets paid a contract that is at a level that he wants, and gets paid it from two places, he's going to choose out of New York. It's just a gut feeling. I mean, and I'm, I'm not trying to say that to be be negative, but I say it because it is crazy to think this could be the last time we see him pitch as a Met. The idea of that is insane. Yeah, and I, I don't even want to think about that reality. It's insane. Unfortunately, we, we might be living it. Same thing can be said with Brandon Nemo. You know, who knows what's going to come, yes. come off. I think him. less likely to him. I, see, right? I, I believe he wants to be a Met. Yeah, That's I, 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 I agree, I yes. agree as well. And, and he'll be Mets, back. It's already been reported that the Mets have viewed Nemo as a co-captain on the team. Yeah, he'll um, be back. So, yeah, I, I do think there's a great chance he'll be back. But final thing about Jake here is, you know, I think about the numerous times in pressers over the past couple of years where – He's emphasized how cool it would be to be with one organization his whole career because he he said, you know, you do not see it often, you know, in baseball whatsoever. And he's like, that's something that I, you know, he openly said I would like to make a reality. Like he's been in favor of that. Now, has he steered away from those original comments from the past couple of years? Maybe. And, you know, look at the guy. How many times has he pitched? He's been so injured the past yeah. year and a half, two years And how now. he's and used. Don't you get the feeling he's always like the Mets are trying to be too cautious with him. Yes, he'd like to go out exactly. there longer. I don't think he likes ding, that ding, at ding, all. Ding, ding, ding. Exactly. I think that not only with preference of just when I leave New York, I think it can go in hand to, you know, more of a degree than what Syndergaard's issue was. How was he treated during his rehab process, right, for Jake with his setbacks? Were those things that maybe could have been prevented yep. that he just wasn't aware of? What was going on with this medical staff? And right. we we said that as which is a forever question. But it's, with a new regime, yep. maybe maybe the confidence has turned. I mean, we don't know the answer to that. Yep. Being around Scherzer could have helped. But the thing is, is that you know, it, it's just it's the postseason. I said this yesterday. It creeps up so fast. Like if this long year, and it's like you're waiting for like this final chapter. But it literally is like, I mean, it could be two days in this case. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, Jake's not going to be here. And what do we do with Bassett? And like, you know, you had said something yesterday. You don't want to talk about the offseason. I don't want to talk about the offseason either. Yeah. Right. And we won't the rest of this time. But you have to almost sit there and acknowledge that when Jake goes out there tonight and simple man and the whole thing, this could be it. I mean, it, it's more than just it, it, we're talking about a rookie of the year, 2015, the World Series, and you know, four years of nearly being unhittable, the Cy Youngs and everything else. It, it's just crazy to think about. Let's talk about game two. We know obviously Jacob Degrom hasn't has to pitch well. Let's forget that because that's we get that. 
We also, I think, can agree and understand that Edwin Diaz is going to go six outs if he has to. Jake mm -hmm. is, has not shown us he can get seven innings, right? If he can get to seven somehow, no matter what the hell the score is, your season's almost over. Diaz pitching eight and nine, right? Is it fair to you to say that if anybody outside of Jacob deGrom, Adam Adovino, and Edwin Diaz pitch tonight, it means we lost? I would no. say yes. Ooh, I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to actually say okay. no. I would say yes. Because I, th I think that there is a great possibility that the Mets could lose while Jake is pitching and having a perfectly fine start. You know, that, that that's that's the reality that I see, unfortunately, more so than the concern with the bullpen. I mean, I hate to say that, but I, do you get the confidence? How far do you think Jake could go? Realistically? I, think, I think Jake will go six. Yeah, And it's not enough. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So whose fault is that? It's your last yep. start, maybe for the team. He yep. comes out after 95 pitches and I hear about a pitch count. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear about the Dodgers series. You can't even win the next two games. Not even just winning this game. Will you lose your mind? I, I, I will lose my mind if there's not a one and a three-digit number on his pitches tonight. Yeah. Fair? Yep. Like, lose your mind. Mm -hmm. Complete bullshit. Yep. Yeah. Yet you think it'll happen anyway. Uh, no, I, I think I, <laughs> I, from a velo, from a velo um, perspective. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about pitch count. Right? Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, 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 like, yeah. like, I don't want to hear about his pitch count tonight. Yeah. Yeah, no, he just needs to go out there and shove as long as he can. That's it's as it. simple as that. Simple as that. Don't need to be cute with it, Buck, because no need to be cute if he's not even going to be available next week. I'm with you. they don't advance. I'm okay? With you you worry with about you. that if you get there. Okay? I'm with you. I'm Focus with you. on the now. I'm with you. Marte, uh, we haven't seen the lineups as of yet. Marte hitting second. Alvarez in the lineup as the DH. Is that what you expect? Yeah, I think that's actually a solid possibility. However, and I... You're probably not going to love this. That's uh, all right. There, there, there's another righty on the bench that very well could be starting at DH, Mr. Darren Ruff. No. Yeah. No, uh, that can't happen. Yeah, I know. Um, he does have a home run against uh, Blake Snell. I don't care yeah. if he. I don't care I don't if he, he he shared a home with Blake Snell. That can't happen. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm don't want it to happen. I'm just saying if it does happen. Yeah, that's the thought process. He has good numbers versus Snell and yeah. the Padres. I, I thought they said this on the broadcast yesterday, but just to bring this up only because you were there. It's sometimes it's a different perspective that they, they had said, which I thought was a fair assessment. Alvarez got that at bat at the end of the game. So Buck could get him prepared to start today. And yeah. I actually think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yep. I think get so that too. feeling out of the way that that's what tells me. I was like, you know what? I think it was Eduardo. Pri I was like, you know what? Actually, that's probably right. Yep. That he gave him that at bat in that kind of game. Get your feet wet, you know, whatever. Go lose the bat again on a strike. I mean, I'd like to see him, like, you know, I love the confidence, but, like, just hang in there a bit. But I think because of that, I think maybe we see him get the start. Um, now let's get to the question I promised I would ask it at, as we get towards the end of this. The truth. If you want me to go first, I will. Please. I, you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Question is, not do you want them to win, not how hard will we be rooting, because I think people get to the point where they think, we, we you and I both deal with on social media, these ridiculous, like, the, the Mets wasted my summer, like, enough of that bullshit. Like, honestly, like, people You chose that, to watch the Mets. Like, like I hate people, <laughs> like, people who are, like, acting like it's a terrible year, like, let's not go overboard, right? Yeah. But there is this, this philosophy, this thought. That if you don't always say they're going to win, that haha, you're an idiot for not believing in them, right? But at some point, we got to just be honest. 
I am way south of 50% believing that they're going to win tonight. I want them to. I picked them to beat the Dodgers before this postseason started because I really love the way that it's set up. But when I watched the way last night happened, how similar it looked to the Atlanta series, I see a tight Pete Alonzo, which is a big problem, and I love Pete. He'll learn. It's his first time going through it. So please understand, that's a thing, right? But he looks very tight. I, I don't know if it's going to happen, right? I look at Lindor, just seems to be giving it away, and I don't think the Mets have enough to get on early because I think if you get an early lead and give DeGrom some, some help, get the crowd into it, then the Padre lineup is facing DeGrom down 2 nothing. It feels like the two touchdowns have turned going back to the beginning. If they could do that, they could win. I've lost the confidence they can do that, and I think they're going home. I'm going to stay the optimist. I'm forcing myself to be the optimist. But now, I want to, But what do you think? I'm saying the optimist, too. Like, I want them to win. Yeah. But I'm worried. I'm worried, too. But I'm fighting those. I really do believe that the Mets are going to, again, make this a close game. Fingers crossed they do win. I don't want to give you a, a for certain answer just because I believe in jinxes. But you're so, concerned. I am. Con I, that's an understatement. I don't mean just about the whole situation, but, but after what you saw last night, because oh you were there. God. Oh my You're, god! You were again, there again. What when the most when I'm losing my voice yelling over the pregame, and then that's it for the game. <laughs> you know, there's an issue. Clearly. It was like a COVID game, by the way, in the sixth inning. I thought like the the cardboard cutouts were there. Yeah, yeah. That's how quiet it was. Yeah, yep. You could hear a pin drop, and rightfully so, though. Rightfully so. Every every there's nothing to yell about. They got to get a lead every early. It's a hockey thing. I use this all the time. Yes, and I'll wrap yes. here. I always exactly. say you got to withstand the first 10 mm -hmm. minutes if you're on the, all that stuff, right? The Padres are looking at this game like a hockey game. Mm -hmm. Withstand the first 10 minutes on the road and the rest we got you, right? When they're going to be on, they're going to be buzzing, as we say in hockey, and all of that. The Mets haven't been able to put it on a team in the first 10 minutes in seemingly, it seems like, forever. They're going to have to tonight. I would be almost shocked if they win this game if they're not the team that scores first. I yep. think it's that important. Calm themselves down. Take a deep breath. Keep the crowd in. Give Jake a little bit of wiggle room. If they are down 2 nothing in the first, I think it's going to feel like it's over, and it probably will be. But I think if they go up early, they can win. You see the same thing? I, th I think it's that important for them to score first. Yes. They, they, they are polar opposites when they score first versus when, when the Mets score first, other than this series against Atlanta. They are absolute nails. Like they're an almost sure lock to win a ball game. Like nine out of ten times. Same thing can be said again if they're facing early deficits. Nine out of ten times, especially in the second half, more so than the first, because they had endless comebacks. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Whoever gets the lead of this ball game, I expect to win said ball game. I just can't wait till they win. Then in game three, we sit there and say, you know, you don't have Trevor Williams or Carrasco or Walker in there. So we're basically just handing it to only McGill if Bassett doesn't pitch well. Correct. Yeah. Start getting worried about other things if they get to win. <laughs> we'll be excited about that. Appreciate you, man. Are you going to watch the game from home tonight? You're not You're not yes. going to the park yeah. again. No. Okay. If, if, if by some grace of God, the Mets get out of this wild card alive, I'm not attending another playoff game this year. Really? Why? Oh, come on. You got to. No. Why? Because no, you think no. it's your fault? Everything's my fault, Casey. Everything. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I've heard that before, but then, 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 uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a divorce situation. That's different. Uh, in, in this case, it's worth. We're Met fans. Everything is our fault. Appreciate you, man. I hope we. Thank I hope so we'll get to do this again. Absolutely. I hope the next time we do this will not be Islander Ranger related, because that'll mean that that we're turning our attentions to that in the next couple of days. Correct. I hope we can do this next week for a Met Dodger series. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you, Casey. Stay with everybody on Unfiltered. Jump on the revolution at Casey Sturdy. You can get Tyler at Wardy, W-A-R-D-Y-N-Y-M on Twitter. And jump on and be one of his way many more subscribers than I have and, and send some of them my way too. Sharing is caring. And by Sharing the way, I love caring. the Piazza. I love the Piazza in the background. Thank you. Thank I love you. that. I, I love that. that. Can we get him in the lineup tonight? <laughs> right? I mean, at this point, what do you have to lose? <laughs> we'll see you next time on Unfiltered. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.